This WBEZ podcast is supported by Ravinia, with over 100 concerts under the stars this summer, including Daryl Hall and Elvis Costello, Nora Jones with special guest Mavis Staples, the Beach Boys with special guest John Stamos, Shaggy and TLC, Jason Isbell and the 400 Unit, the Chicago Symphony Orchestra, and more. Their 30-acre park is nestled in a gently wooded area. Bring your own picnic or eat at one of the park restaurants. Tickets available now only at ravinia.org. This WBEZ podcast is supported by the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention. Suicide is a topic that hides in the shadows. It's time we talk away the dark, learn how to spot the warning signs for suicide, and how you can have an open, caring, real conversation to help save lives. Visit the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention to watch the new short film and learn more at AFSP.org slash talkawaythedark. It's now up to Chicago voters whether to approve a city ordinance that would make changes to the real estate transfer tax. I'm Sasha Ann Simons, and this is Reset. The referendum known as Bring Chicago Home, it's a key part of the mayor's plan to fight homelessness. The ordinance would decrease the tax on homes that sell for less than a million dollars and quadruple the current rate for high-end properties worth more than $1.5 million. The money raised would go to services that prevent homelessness. And city council voted by a wide margin to put this in front of voters in the spring. Since the measure cleared a major hurdle, we got reactions from Bring Chicago Home organizers and stakeholders. We spoke to Kennedy Bartley, the executive director of United Working Families, and Electa Bay, housing outreach coordinator for Communities United. And I started by asking Kennedy about the scene at City Hall. What was the atmosphere there? Yeah, you know, uh, so yesterday, uh, City Hall was much like others. You know, Bring Chicago Home started five years ago, six years ago, really. Um, and from the very beginning, the the demand has been the same. We need to tax the rich to make sure that we are able to house 70,000 Chicagoans, 17,000 of which are students. Um, and time and time again, you know, older people who have been outreached both by their colleagues and by organizers like myself and uh, myself and Electa um, claim to not know the contents of the, the ordinance, you know, and kind of purposefully obfuscate uh, what's in the ordinance. And it, it comes down to like, do you not care about like the purpose that you're in City Hall? Right. If you're a legislator, you should know what's in an ordinance coming before you. Um and so there was a lot of back and forth that I, I think is like, frankly, irresponsible from legislators like, you know, Ray Lopez and others. Um, but then we see the leadership of, you know, Alderman Maria Haddon and, you know, uh, Alderman Carlos Ramirez Rosa and Matt Martin, who kind of like set the stage and let people know, look, this is uh, a progressive tax that is actually going to decrease the tax for 93 percent of Chicagoans, 97 um, percent of which are black Chicagoans. Um, and any, you know, narrative to the contrary, any narrative, um, you know, claiming that this is going to hurt renters um, is failing to realize that like any harm to renters is done by landlords. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, we were heartened to see that we passed with, I think, 32 yes votes, um, as expected, based on the Rules Committee um, vote. And, and it's, you know, past time that we're bringing Chicago home. Yep. So, Alexa, tell us more about Bring Chicago Home, the, the coalition, and what it's been like to organize around housing. Um, well, you know, I'm first of all, I'm so excited. You know, we bring Chicago home. That is 
like the tip of the iceberg just to get this on a ballot in March is just terrific. But uh, we have been fighting this for almost six years, uh, knocking on doors, um, having town halls, going to aldermen, uh, all the people and talking to them about it, talking to different people, organizations. It's over 100 organizations in uh, British Chicago home. And we all believe in helping the homeless. Some of us are homeless or been homeless. So that means it's very powerful to us. Yeah. So talk more about the policy goals of, of Bring Chicago Home. Like what services would money that is raised uh, through the tax fund? Well, okay. I was just talking to Kennedy about this. <laughs> and um, like, okay, say, if you, say you get an apartment, okay? And uh, you have an apartment. With, with uh, Bring Chicago Home, when you get that apartment, you may have some issues, some struggles, and you may not be able to pay your rent. You may lose your job. Somebody may get sick. Somebody might die. With, or you might have a mental health problem. Well, with that, we have wraparound services. So if you can't pay your rent, we have somebody there. We have services and organizations there who's going to help you so you don't become homeless. Uh, you won't see eviction. Uh, there's some mental problems. We have somebody there to help you with your mental problems, health problems. Problems, somebody to help you with your health problems. Say you don't have a job, you lost your job, you need skills, you re-entering. We have people there to help you. Their wraparound service will help you not be homeless again. So the, the policy enacted by Bring Chicago Home directly impacts the work that you do. Yes. Communities United, Yes, it sounds like. What about you, Kennedy? I mean, what role did United Working Families play in, in all of this? Yeah, I mean, so United Working Families has been a, a coalition <laughs> partner since the very beginning. Yes. Um, and so I share the excitement and the enjoyment and surrealness uh, that Elect is talking about. Um, and, you know, United Working Families, we are about, you know, building power with and for um, folks most directly impacted uh, by policy. And so, you know, the theory of change has always been we put working class, everyday people into elected office. They take, they carry those experiences with them. They carry the people that they've been in the trenches with, um, with them. And, you know, UWF make sure that we, we, I mean, we've been doing this quote unquote co-governing thing for some years now with our older people, um, you know, and some of the most progressive people in the history of Chicago city council. Um, and so we made sure that, uh, this was a mainstay on the, the mayor's platform, a mainstay on every endorsed, uh, city council person's platform. We made sure we had champions in Springfield, um, you know, making sure that they're saying bring Chicago home is th the progressive policy that houses the most amount of people and grounds in the fact that housing is a human right. Yeah, we hear that phrase quite a bit. And, and you know, to put it in perspective, more than 68,000 Chicagoans are homeless, Electa. Yes, yes. That number is including people who live on the street, mm -hmm. people who live in shelters yes. or even if they're couch surfing, couch surfing and just don't have a permanent up, address. Even staying in an apartment with somebody else, two people, in the, right. two families in the same apartment. Yeah, give us more perspective on, on what this housing crisis really looks like. What's the situation like right now? Um, you know, well, this situation has been here before um, the pandemic. It's been here. And um, I door knock and to see people... To see people like I was, who I was homeless, and that is a devastation. Um, and you go, you struggle when you see people. You go and you see them, and you talk to them about how to help you can get them and what they may need. And everybody may not uh, get that help. It's a red line, so everybody may go to that same service, but they may not get that service. We want to try to make it helpful so they can get the service they need. We can stop people from being homeless. Um, and it's just a drop in the bucket. It, it doesn't solve everything. But it's a start. And Chicago's a great city. We have a great mayor. 
And, you know, I can say a lot of our older people are great, too. Look what they did. They passed this. And so um, they're letting the voters who put them in office decide whether we need to have Bring Chicago home. Now, here's the thing. Some people have said that the real estate transfer tax, it's not a good way to, to fund homelessness services and prevention because there isn't any way to actually predict how much the tax is going to bring in year after year. So your response to that criticism, Kennedy? Sure. I mean, you know. The tax is estimated to bring in somewhere between 100 to $160 million. Um, we don't know uh, what the real estate market's going to do, right? And at the same time, what we do know is that the way that we invest in communities is by taxing the rich. Um, and so we, we don't engage in speculation. We engage in policy that centers uh, the most harm, the most directly impacted. We bring the margins to the center. We ground in the fact, again, that housing is a human right. And regardless of what happens in the real estate market, um, we need to make sure that the folks who have the most are paying their fair share. Was this a case of, you know, well, you know, this is just currently our best option. Like, has the coalition explored other funding models? We have. And um, we have came to the conclusion that that's why we've been doing this for six years. This is the best thing to do. Um, we're not trying to say... Um, um, we're, we're not trying to hurt anybody. We're asking for the people of the city of Chicago to help everybody. Some people may be a little more fortunate than others, and that just ha have to be. I know around Christmas time, lots of people want to give. Uh, we're just yeah, what's, asking, your, what's your pitch to Chicagoans who will be voting next spring? I'm, I'm saying, listen, this is for all of us. Homelessness is not something we want. You see it outside yourself, outside industry. We need to bring Chicago home. What we need to do is get out there, let everybody know this will not hurt your pockets. This is only going to improve Chicago. We're going to be up there and everybody's going to say Chicago knew what to do. They knew how to help homeless. We're going to do this, guys. You got to go in there, push that button and say, yes, we are tired of seeing our families homeless. It may not be you. It may be somebody you know, somebody you love that may be homeless. We want to stop this. We want to bring Chicago home, push yes, so we may have this blessing for everybody. So, Kennedy, now that Bring Chicago Home is on the ballot, tell yes. us what the next steps are for the coalition. Yeah, so the coalition is going to be out there. We're going to be knocking doors like we've been doing. We're going to be calling people. We're going to be saying that, look, when we're talking about public safety, that includes housing, right? When we're talking about CPS students, that includes housing. We have to understand that we don't lead single-issue lives. It's intersectionality, and housing is at the, the center, right, of all of these things that we have been talking about for decades. This is a first step, a down payment on, on bringing to, you know, fruition this idea of housing as a human right, and it'll never be enough, right? We will, And we will continue to fight. BCH will continue to fight um, until every Chicago and, and every student has a place to live. A human right. That's Kennedy Bartley with United Working Families and Electa Bay with Communities United. They're both organizing in support of Bring Chicago Home. That's an ordinance that would change the real estate transfer tax in order to raise funds to address homelessness in this city. Thank you both so much. Thank, Thank you so much, Sasha. Now we turn to a different perspective, one in opposition of Bring Chicago Home. We spoke to Farzan Parang, the executive director of the Building Owners and Managers Association, or BOMA. That's a trade organization that represents owners of large office buildings in Chicago. And I started by asking Farzan about what was going through his mind when he heard the news. We've obviously been working on this issue uh, for some time now, so I, I can't say it was news yesterday. Uh, our view is we absolutely have a housing crisis uh, in the city that we need to solve. 
But unfortunately, we don't really have the luxury of only having one crisis at a time. And we also have a, a major crisis in our downtown office industry. So our challenge is not with the need to address homelessness. It's really just that the proposed funding is exacerbating one crisis for another. And everybody is affected by the health of Chicago's office industry, whether they realize it or not. This isn't really a uh, a conversation about mansions or about taxing the rich. By and large, the biggest impact on this, the quadrupling of this is going to impact office buildings, which are not mansions. They're not people, right? They're economic activity in the whole purpose of that industry is to recruit investment to Chicago, which funds jobs of every demographic and background in the city. Um, and so when we talk about you're exacerbating one crisis for another, I mean, the office industry, for example, heavily subsidizes the property taxes of all housing in the city, apartments and single family homes. So we're already seeing, I mean, we've got about 16 Willis Towers full of empty uh, office space. Uh, in the downtown. Yeah, downtown Chicago. Seeing- yeah, it's looking a lot different than it did even three, four years ago. And so as as the city's working to revitalize downtown, I mean, tell us more about the effect that an increased tax on high-end real estate would have. Yeah, I mean, the 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 our biggest, one of our biggest competitive weaknesses when we are trying to recruit, when our industry is trying to recruit investment to Chicago, one is public safety and, and perceptions of public safety, certainly. The other is our real estate tax policy. We have the highest commercial property tax in the country. Uh, and it's not us and other big cities. It's us followed by Detroit and then Providence, Rhode Island. So we already have a top five highest real estate transfer tax. So with this new proposal, we would that obviously would be going up as well. And so it is a it is a limiter and an, and an obstacle for us to be able to bring in new investment. And it's it's hitting the industry at the worst possible time. Again, this is something like, you know, once in a hundred years uh, low in our industry. And again, that that impacts everybody in the city. I mean, we are hearing everything from 40 to 80% losses in value of our office core compared to pre-pandemic. And we've, we've, you haven't tested it enough in the market because we haven't had any sales. We've have, we have had one sale of a real downtown office building this year, and it was at a 60% loss. Mm-hmm. So if you just take half a step back and look at what is the impact of a 40 to 80% loss in office values downtown on everybody else, it's about a 10 to 20% increase in the property tax bills of, of residential property and of, and of apartments. Again, that's not even counting the fact that our industry is heavily unionized. All that, all that investment we bring into the city to build buildings, maintain buildings, clean them, secure them, all of that are, are all um, union jobs, again, of every demographic right. uh, so neighborhood. The mayor's goal here is, is that the funds raised through this proposed tax would address homelessness services and prevention in Chicago. So if not through this tax increase, Farzan, how should the city battle its housing crisis? What are other possible are- funding models? Yeah, our 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 position, what our ask had been in this conversation was that rather than putting all of it onto one industry uh, it, through this transfer tax, you spread it out more broadly and thinly. There's there's office buildings are not creating homelessness, right? If any if there's any connection, uh, they're actually reducing the cost of housing everywhere else. So there's no special reason that you you want to punish an office building um, to solve homelessness. So if you take if you take a you know. It, just for hypothetical sake, if you increased all the other taxes, 1%, that's something like $70 million. So to to go through the tax base and figure out what are ways that we can spread this more broadly and more thinly so that you're not having any 
one sort of component of economic activity, uh, you're not affecting economic activity so much. That was our what our ask was to actually mm-hmm. sit down with the coalition and the, and the city and and go through the tax base and come to some compromise. Well, they ask here with the buildings is, you know, we're, we're seeing thousands of new arrivals to Chicago being bused here from the southern border and thousands of unhoused Chicagoans who have already been here, been living here. They're wondering why can't these empty office buildings just be converted as shelters? So what do you say to that? Sure. Yeah. I mean, we we are exploring it with the city and, and uh, you know, the real estate community beyond office buildings are, are all evaluating those. It's challenging. It's it's harder than you might think, right? I, I say we have 16 Willis Towers worth of empty office space and you think, well, great, we can use that for shelters. But an office building, either it's it's viable as an office building, which means you have tenants. The tenants have secure operations and the tenants won't don't want you to be doing house, anything housing related, right? You don't have the infrastructure for that in the building. Even the insurance policies of the building don't allow that. There's no medical services on site. So on one end, it's a viable office building on the other where it might not be viable. Then you start to have, you still have tenants, right? Who would, who would object to it and who have, again, you have security and access control issues, but then you also have a lender involved, right? Who might be anticipating taking the building over. It might be under receivership. You might have a court involved and all of these parties, right? It just makes it a lot more complicated to fundamentally change the use of a building. So that's not to say it's impossible. There, there are, I think, two office buildings that have been converted. We have made some suggestions mm-hmm. uh, to the city to explore a few others, but it's it's a much narrower, sweet spot to find the right right kind of property in the office context than than one might assume. Well, unfortunately, leave us with this now that Bring Chicago Home must be approved by voters in a, a ballot referendum. Briefly, tell us the next steps for Boma here. What action are you taking? Yeah, we haven't made decisions yet. We're still assessing. Um, it's from our perspective, right? We are the biggest Chicago boosters they are, and and we think it's unfortunate to be fighting about it at all. There's also, and this could probably be an entirely different session. I mean, there's a lot of racial fault lines uh, that this topic and asylum uh, topic are are touching on that we don't think a, a big um, a big sort of ballot campaign would be good for the city. It would, I think, sort of exacerbate a lot of those issues. So that's not something we want for the city, but we haven't made any decisions. This is, again, a big issue for our industry. We'll leave it there for now. Farzin Parang is executive director of the Building Owners and Managers Association. Thank you so much for joining us, Farzin. Thank you for having me. This episode of the Reset Podcast was produced by Landon Jones. It was edited by Ethan Schwab and Meha Ahmed. A lot is happening in the news sphere in Chicago and here at Reset. It's important for us to bring you behind the scenes, go deeper into these topics and give you the context. If you enjoy listening to our program, please give us a like and subscribe so that you never miss a new episode. It also helps more people find our show. That's it for Reset. I'm your host, Sasha Ann Simons. We'll talk again this afternoon. Hi, it's Terry Gross, the host of Fresh Air. We bring you in-depth, long-form interviews with actors, directors, musicians, authors, journalists, and more. Listen to our Peabody Award-winning Fresh Air podcast from WHYY and NPR.